Tanner here for the 49th episode of 62 Who Knew. Tonight we're joined by a long-term care insurance nationally well-known expert, Mr. Mark Glickman, and it's going to be a great show. Thank you for being here, and welcome to 62 Who Knew. Welcome, everybody, to our 49th show of 62 Who Knew, our 49th episode. As you see, I'm still sort of in the in the ready room here at uh, WeBeam TV. Uh, the remodeling is going very well. Probably be here for another week. What do you think, John? Maybe two? Maybe two. But, boy, when you see our new set, you are going to love it. It's well worth it. And, of course, uh, Mr. John Gaston, uh, our producer and owner and founder of uh, WeBeam TV, is just keeping everything going uh, while they're remodeling, which is pretty rare. And uh, we thank him for that because we don't want to stop. Tonight we're going to have a great show, as we said on our announcement. Uh, Mr. Mark Glickman joining us, a national long-term care expert. Uh, we know that uh, long-term care insurance as is uh, a tickle button, is an emotional thing for everybody here at 62 who knew. And uh, it ranks very high here with our audiences as well. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but our growth has come even though we talk about a varied amount of topics that I'm going to go over for you in a minute, our most growth has come over a two-month period when we have talked about, in this order, long-term care insurance, Medicare, reverse mortgages, and Alzheimer's and other types of illnesses like that. Um, kind of amazing, but that's the four topics that everybody seems to gravitate to. And it's helped us grow to have national experts. So before we bring on our esteemed guests, as always, I want to thank the audience for allowing us to continue to grow like this. Uh, we're going to be switching, not switching, but converting to a podcast soon. You're going to have the TV show and the podcast uh, as soon as we open up back in the new studios in two or three weeks. This is going to become a panel show where every week there will be a different expert in the long-term care insurance world, Medicare world mental health world, in-home care world. We might even sneak in a reverse mortgage expert. Who knows who that would be? So thank you very much. We're getting ready for some big changes. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, let me give you the premise of 62 Who Knew. The show was created because every generation, as they approach the age of 62, starts to think about their retirement. 62 is the age that you can collect 
excuse me, Social Security. 62 is when many companies in the past had mandatory retirements. But as you approach that magic number of 62, everyone, my father, their father, their fathers before them, all had the same thoughts. Should I take my Social Security now or should I defer to a later date? Should I work a little more? Should I, should I have paid off my mortgage? Should I take money out of my savings to pay off my mortgage? Do I want to have a payment during retirement? Should I be purchasing annuities? Should I be investing in the stock market? What about CDs from banks? Nobody talks about them anymore. How about my life insurance? Do I really need it at this age? The questions about retirement are all the same as they were for generations past, except for my generation, the baby boomer generation. We have an obstacle in front of us, or at least a hurdle to clear that no previous generation has ever faced. And what is that? Longer lifespans. Right now, when you make it to 62 in the United States of America, and notice I didn't say make it healthy, just make it to 62, you have a better than 50-50 chance of making it past the age of 90. And from what we've learned uh, from several of the medical experts that came on the show in the last 49 weeks, especially our friends from Jerusalem, from the Weizmann Institute, that 95 and 100 years is probably less than a decade away. So who knew when you got to the age of 62 that you could possibly still have half the amount of time you've already been alive, still here left on this earth, another 30 or 31 or 35 years? It's kind of staggering to think about. And what's more staggering to think about is that less than 1% of this country can financially afford to retire in their early 60s and live a quality of life till their early 90s. So that was the premise of 62 Who Knew, to consistently bring you guests to allow you to live those 30-plus years, soon to be 35 or 40 years, with a quality of life, with dignity, and that's what 62 Who Knew is about. And it rhymes. It's a nice name. It was much better than 55. We don't give any jive. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, 68. You know, what are you going to wait? Whatever. 62 who knew just sounded right. So that's what made our show. And thank all of you uh, for the incredible growth in the last 49 weeks. So without further ado, let me give a little bio. He has an incredible bio for a young man. Of course, everybody's younger than me lately. Uh, But let me give you a little bit of the bio of our guest. And then without any further ado, bring him on. Um, Mr. Mark Glickman uh, has many letters in front of him. FSA, CLTC, which is a great designation. Uh, LTCP is the co-founder of www.buddiesinsurance.com. That's actually buddiesins.com. A community of client-centric long-term care planning experts. It's not just him. It's a community of experts throughout the country whose mission is to help families all across the country get a long-term care plan that also supports the 40 million caregivers in this country. Uh, He has a decade of experience in long-term care as an actuary. And for those of you that don't know, actuaries are very smart. They know their numbers. So uh, we've met a couple of times in the last 10 years at long-term care insurance conventions. And uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting his father several times, who was also a giant in the long-term care insurance industry. So without further ado, let's get him on the screen 
and welcome Mr. Mark Glickman. How are you, sir? Doing well. Thanks for having me on your show. Appreciate okay. it all right. you have, I, I, We did shake hands about four or five years ago at a long-term care convention. I don't know if you remember, but it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like you've aged. I got heavier and grayer, and you look about the same age. Well, how old are you, about 17? Uh, I'm actually 36, but I got married in the last five years, and I have two little kids, so I feel like I'm graying uh, quicker than anyone else. 30, does he look good, John, for 36 or what? Must be he has the proper long-term care insurance. I bet you that's it. How old are the children? Four and two. Uh, what grade age is boys, girls? Uh, my older son and younger daughter. Are you going to have any more? Uh, we're, we're still thinking about it. You, you, you do know what causes that. You're in control, right? <laughs> I can't put it on a recorded TV show at this point. <laughs> well, that, you're at a great point in life, and you're in an, this project that you're taking on um, of educating the country. Uh, for long-term care insurance. You know, I uh, sometimes I do get lighthearted with, with certain things that we're doing because I like to keep a smile uh, on the guests and the audience face. Uh, but there is nothing more serious than this. You know, there is a senior health care crisis in this country. Um, it's not as glamorous, you know, as talking about Wall Street. It's not as glamorous as talking about, as talking about political corruption um, or obviously the environment or our ozone layer. These are all incredible things that permeate our news, whether it's uh, cable news or network news. But there is a long, there is a senior health crisis out there. And it's not just for the poor, it's for everyone. And it affects everybody. And uh, yet the country doesn't take it seriously. So before we delve into a few questions, I always ask our guests, no matter what they came on, to discuss uh, how they particularly got into this. And you, of course, being quite frankly, as young as you are, um, how did you get into the world of long-term care insurance, senior health care at such a young age? Because you've been doing this since your 20s. Yeah, yeah, I've been in the uh, long-term care industry for over a decade now. Uh, My dad actually is a pioneer in long-term care. So I grew up in the industry. I think that's one of the ways that people get into it when they're young is they've kind of been exposed to it. But frankly speaking, I've had personal experiences with long-term care myself, as have a lot of people my age. Um, Both sets of my grandparents actually needed long-term care. I'm four for four. Uh, Two of them actually had long-term care insurance and two of them didn't have a plan. And so I saw the effect of watching my mom take care of her parents when I was in high school. So I didn't recognize it at the time, you know, what you could do to plan for long-term care. Now, looking back on it, I see the effect it had on my mom. So I think a lot of people can resonate with the personal experience that they've had with their loved ones. No, it really is incredible um, that so many people that come on, and you know a few of the names that I'm going to mention, uh, Mark Goldberg, Bill Comfort, Peter Gelbwax, um, did come into your industry because of something personal with their parents. It really is an amazing thing. And it's an amazing motivation to do what you do. So um, you are about the fifth, eh, fourth or fifth long-term care insurance expert. But I think we're going to, because of your background, and and I've met your father several times, certainly one of the pioneers of the industry. um, You're creating a community of long-term care insurance people Quite frankly, unlike the man that owns his own company, nothing wrong with that. I own my own company and says, use me. You're creating more of a network. I think that's amazing. So tell us about that. 
Yeah, so buddyins, B-U-D-D-Y-I-N-S.com. It's a, a newer website, but what I've discovered being in this industry is how passionate, how missionary people are about helping people get a long-term care plan. And you'll see on our website, there's a dedication there. It's really dedicated to the 40 million family caregivers out there who really struggle tirelessly to take care of their family members. And I think it's a great gratitude that they're providing usually to their parents or their spouses or other loved ones. But having that plan in place is so critical to protect your family. Um, and I, everyone that's involved with this website, they're client-centric. They really believe in the same mission. And so I said, why don't we all come together and give a united voice and provide access to expert long-term care advice. And so we created this uh, website to do just that. And we're showing that right now. And tell us a few things more. Go a little deeper into the website. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you know, I th- do you have a lot of, I hate to say children because they're, they're not five years old, but do you have a lot of children inquiring on the website for mom and dad? We do. So what we did is, you know, the, the mentality here is we want to help people get a long-term plan care, plan together. You know, it may or may not involve insurance, actually, believe it or not. We have people coming to the website that are actually in crisis today. They're taking care of their, their parents today, and they just need to know what to do, what resources do they have. So on our website, we actually have access to somebody who's a social worker who can provide some point of crisis support as well. Um, but the main thing is, is, you know, to begin a plan, to start that planning process, to see what the financial value of it is, and really just to set aside a little bit of money because 30 years from now, you know, when you have that plan in place, you're gonna be very grateful that there's something there for your family. So you can get that all through the website. Yeah, the lack of planning has staggered me um, since the first time I came uh, to a long-term care uh, insurance convention. And I was talking later that day about reverse mortgages and um, uh, my mentor, and uh, one of the closest friends I've ever had, Mr. Peter Gelbwax, said, this is your first convention, so we might as well start you out right. I want you to hear somebody speak. Come with me. And I am a national public speaker, so, you know, okay. It's hard to impress a speaker with another speaker. It truly is. Um, you know, but we sat down, and this man came on, and I know you know him, uh, Mr. Bill Comfort. Uh, I had met him and shaken his hand maybe once or twice before. And I listened to him speak with the passion and the knowledge that he speaks with when it comes to long-term care insurance. And I have to tell you, I mean, when he was done, I went, oh, my God, I guess I'm, I'm not as good a speaker as I thought. Um, I thought I was passionate about reverse mortgages, but this man's level of passion um, was just staggering to me. Uh, he was on our show just a few months ago, and um, I just love listening to him speak. Uh, about this because certain the things one of the things that he well a couple things but one of the things that he said that really stuck with me is that you know long-term care needing long-term care insurance is not about a product but it's about an event an event in your life Um, and it really brought it home for me exactly and bill will actually be one of the resources available on our website as well like i said we have really really passionate and expert level people that will be assisting in getting that long-term care plan going. All right. So people say, you know, this is a basic question, but I've, I've asked it to four other experts and basically it's the same answer, but it comes from a different angle. Um, mm-hmm. What is a good long-term care plan from your perspective? Okay. So it first starts off with kind of walking through what might happen 
especially at your older age, if you do have become chronically ill and are unable to take care, take care of yourself? Um, do you have a plan in place? Is there somebody around you that might take care of you? Is there some money that you might want to put aside? You could self-insure this, or maybe even you might want to consider long-term care insurance. That's what the planning process comes down to is what should your family do if this event happens to you? That's the plan in itself. And, and you know, the plan is, is, is as much for the family or, or dare I say even more for the family than it is for you, for the actual patient. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, really about, you know, the 40 million caregivers, I kind of think about them every day. You know, that really what drives and motivates me to help more people out there. Uh, 60% of those caregivers are actually the kids, the sons and the daughters of those afflicted. And a lot, a high percentage are the daughters actually. And what you yes. see is, you know, these are people maybe that have vibrant careers, business owners, and because of this crisis event, all of a sudden they drop everything they're doing because now, of course, there's a, an obligation, but also they really want to help take care of their parents because no one else is there to do it. Uh, oftentimes you'll find that the siblings are fighting about who's going to be taking care of mom and dad here. And it's very disruptive. I've seen people quit their jobs, oh, yeah. successful businesses, just to do this. And I don't think that's what their parents would, really would have wanted them to do no. uh, at the end of the day. No, and the so, statistics that Mark quotes, Mark Goldberg, when he's on the show, which still give me the chills of sometimes, not a, not a majority of the time, but the, I don't remember the statistics, you probably do, of the caregivers actually getting very sick or even predeceasing the people they're giving their care to. When Mark just said that, in fact, even as I say it, I get the chills, is staggering to me. Right. Uh, you know, what, what's happening there is oftentimes if you're married, your spouse is actually going to care for you for a while before you might even uh, look for a, an outside care provider. And consider that person who's of a similar age to you. Let's say you're 80 years old and you need long-term care. Picture an 80-year-old, you know, trying to, you know, shower another 200-pound adult uh, and take care of them. It's just unreasonable expectations for somebody to provide that care. It doesn't really make a lot of sense either, you know, financially, economically, physically. It just doesn't make sense to have that happen. And, and emotionally, you emotionally. know, the first knee-jerk reaction is, of course, my wife, my husband is going to take care of me. We've been together. You know, this is the older generation. It's not the younger generation. You know, we've been married once or twice. You know, these people are together 40, 50 years. And when they said, till death do us part, they actually meant it. Um, so, yeah, they, they take pride in taking care of that spouse. But um, I know that uh, in the last year of my dad's life, when uh, things were getting a little rougher, and it's funny you use the uh, example of 200 pounds. He's six feet tall, about 220. And, and the first time that he fell... Uh, in the bathroom. Thank God he didn't break anything, um, but his legs were very weak, and I'm no little guy. Um, but lifting 225 pounds of, of uh, for lack of better terms, dead weight um, was very difficult for me. Many times my son or my daughter had to help. How could a 75 or 80-year-old woman be expected to do that? Um, the planning really is for the caregivers more than it is for the patient. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, um, next question. Okay. Um, this is, if you knew the answer to this question, I know you'd, uh, we'd be doing this TV show from your yacht, uh, because no one has been able to, uh, you don't have a yacht, do you? No. Okay. Good. All right. So it was a good analogy. 
for the 12 years that I have been going to long-term care conventions and speaking about uh, the, the, re the relationship of reverse mortgages and long-term care, I've heard how the public just is so confused about really long-term care insurance. And I, I've said to so many people, if you close your eyes, it's almost like being in a reverse mortgage convention uh, because the public is totally confused about reverse mortgages. The government makes it worse. And our detractors, which is everybody from USA Today to, to Wall Street Journal to Consumer Finance Magazine, they don't help. And it's kind of the same thing in your industry. Maybe it is up to somebody from your generation with what you're doing with, with BuddyInsurance.com. Um, how do we let the public know what this product really is? Do you have any unique ideas that uh, the older generation didn't, uh, didn't try yet? I do, you know, it's all about awareness, right? When, as soon as you start talking to people about what long-term care is, they say, aha, you know, I actually do have a personal experience. All of a sudden it comes out and it becomes a very emotional conversation, right? Because the long-term care is a very personal thing to happen to you. Um, so I think it's really about just raising <clears throat> awareness. Uh, what I'm doing is actually, I'm doing video interviews with long-term care experts so they can share their client stories, talking about what's happening in their families and show you the reality of what's going on there. Until you've experienced it, you really don't have a good feel for what it's all about. And when you have experienced it, you really want to have a plan because you don't want to be put in that situation. One yeah. of these areas where the government kind of fails to provide because there's nothing really built into Medicare to take care of this. So you have to impoverish yourself and, and actually become eligible for Medicaid to actually become eligible. So I, I'll tell people this all the time. You know, the number one reason that people are on Medicaid is not because they're poor, it's because long-term care made them poor. Okay, yes, they spent yes. down all their assets. They were once, you know, middle class, upper middle class people, but because they needed care for so long and it was so expensive that they ended up requiring to go on Medicaid just so they can continue to get that care. Right. So, you know, when you understand the realities of that, it really hits home and you really start thinking about, well, how do I take care of this so I'm protected against that happening to my family? Exactly. And, you know, the number one reason, it's something that I quote when I do my own personal presentations, you know, the number one reason in this country for people 60 years old and above to go into bankruptcy is medical bills. And mm -hmm. it, you would think that that statistic would force America to pay attention to long-term care insurance. Uh, some of the things that drive me crazy as a non-long-term care insurance expert I only learn from people like you, um, is when people think that it's, quote, nursing home coverage, when in fact it's anti-nursing home coverage. Or you brought one up when somebody goes, oh, I have Medicare. I don't have to worry about that. I just get the chills when they say that. Right. And there's even a statement when you get your Medicare, your Social Security statement, the government actually tells you this. <clears throat> it says, Medicare does not cover long-term care. You may want to consider private insurance. It says that in bold letters on your on your social security statement um so they really trying to encourage the government's trying to encourage you to to do private funding of this uh, but again most people probably don't read their their statements that way and look at those details or they do i mean let's face it you know the best analogy for that um i think anyway it, it, our country i was brought up by a very patriotic father no longer with us uh, a heavily decorated world war ii veteran and um yeah, there's no way to get around it. I don't know how anybody could disagree. Right now, this country is in its worst shape uh, morally and ethically 
that it probably has been in its history since 1776. That being said, it's still the best country in the history of history. People still walk across deserts to get here to live the American dream. But we have become a little apathetic uh, because you talk about that on their Medicare statement, it says that it doesn't cover long-term care insurance. At least for the last 30 years, the side of the cigarette packet has said, this causes cancer and you will die. And people go, got a match? So it's amazing that we can tell We've become a very pompous type of arrogant type of people. Uh, Maybe it's because of all the medical technologies and scientific breakthroughs that are curing so many things. But um, it really is amazing if the warning from the Surgeon General that says you're going to die from these cigarettes doesn't affect people. Um, I don't know if putting it on the Medicare statement would do that. I've always wondered why the larger carriers... And I do know a little of this answer, but I'm going to let you expand on it. Because as, as we know, many of the major carriers of long-term care insurance left the industry in the last 8 to 10 years, but some are now returning. Um, but I've always wondered why instead of seeing that, for lack, for lack of better examples, that Snoopy commercial about life insurance or something, you very rarely see a commercial about long-term care insurance. Why are, I don't know if you know the answer to this, why aren't the big boys using the most powerful medium in the world? Television still is, podcasting, whatever it may want to be. You don't see commercials for long-term care insurance. You just see experts like you in pockets going after it. Why is that? I know that's a broad question. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's one of those things that really requires you have a personal relationship with an expert that knows how to do it. You know, Just seeing a commercial on TV isn't going to do it for you. I think that a lot of the carriers had left the marketplace because they suffered actually, they paid out so much in claims that they actually <clears> in <throat> their wounds and they're, they're kind of reticent to come back into the market. The good news is, is that a lot of the prices in the industry have stabilized. Yes. And we have a lot more data. And again, I'm, I'm talking as an actuary now, as somebody who's involved with the carriers to figure out, you know, is this a sustainable product line? Mm-hmm. And just given all the uh, assumptions of what we have today, what we know today, it's actually much more uh, safe for a carrier to offer it today and more stable for a consumer to buy. So you are seeing some carriers coming back into the market because of those facts. Uh, believe it or not, the low interest rate environment also uh, makes it safer for a company to enter the marketplace yes. because the risk for the insurance company is that interest rates drop. And when you think about the record low interest rate environment, they're not too concerned that interest rates are going to drop from where they are today over the next 50 years. Yeah, yeah. There's there is some advantages to lower interest rates, right? And so that's kind of built into the pricing of the product today. Um, I would also say that you know there's more demand than ever from people that are seeking it out because of the personal experiences. So for in some ways, the marketing is happening for the insurance companies because you find more clients asking their agents or advisors about this than ever before. Do you think because of these personal experiences? Let's face it, my personal experience was in. Um, it would have been in my 40s with my dad, but it, mm-hmm. it was too late for him to be to get long-term care insurance. Um, is, are those personal experiences, by, t- by, by the time you have that personal experience, is it too late for that patient? Is that personal experience teaching that caregiver that they better damn well have a, um, a plan in place? 
or their children are going to be going through what they're going through? It's, it's never too late to get a plan, right? Whether you're working with a, even a Medicaid planning attorney, uh, where you're in a situation where someone's in care currently, there are options uh, that you can explore. But I would say the sooner you get a plan, the better value you get from your policy, because the market is really segmented into uh, creating specific pools based on the health of clients. If you're really healthy, there are products that are going to give you the most insurance leverage for your dollar. You'll get the most affordable plans. If you're unhealthy, you won't get as much insurance leverage because, again, you're going to need care much sooner, but you can get a plan that has a plan of care for your family, and, again, it might have some tax advantages. Uh, so that's why it's important to pursue it early. And the other reason it's very important to pursue it early is because the main reason you don't want to wait is there may be some health event that happens to you, not necessarily that directly causes long-term care then, but actually prevents you from qualifying for the best plans. Yeah, or makes you uninsurable, possibly. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of uh, actually powerful incentives. And I would say the one thing that I tell people to demystify long-term care the most, and I think the one reason people don't get long-term care insurance is they think it's too expensive. Yes. Or they think it might become too expensive, or there might be rate increases or things like that. But I can tell you from personal experience that you can get plans that are extremely affordable. Okay, you just have to figure out, what do I want to budget for this? How am I going to fund this? How am I going to pay for this? And I've seen plans that are as little as $20 a month, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Again, you're, all, you're going to get different uh, pool of benefits depending on how much you put away to save for this. But it's really accessible to even the mass market and the middle market can get a plan. Yeah, that is absolutely one of the, the two things to, to me anyway, again, as a, a non-LTCI professional that I see that drives me crazy is it's too expensive. It's for rich people. And yeah, that's the stuff that pays for your nursing home, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I, I just want to grab those people and go, no, no, no. Um, and now, of course, let's, let's talk. Well, let me ask your opinion on something. All things aside, what is the best age for someone to get long-term care insurance? I would assume 40s, 50s nowadays, or is that too young? Because you're healthy and well, it's going to be cheap. Mm -hmm. it, it used to be, actually, people would get long-term care insurance back in the 90s in their upper 60s, believe it or not. Today, it's actually in your mid-50s. Really? So the age can actually come down over time. And the reason it's important to buy earlier is most plans, most of the best plans, have what's called inflation protection on them. So the, the earlier you purchase, the more compounding you get of your benefits over time. Um, what I would say is as early as possible where you can fund it, where you have the resources to fund, even a small amount, like almost like contributing to your 401k. You want to contribute to your long-term care plan early because you can take advantage of that compounding effect. And I would say that you probably in the 40s is the best time to buy it, believe it or not. But most people will wait until their mid to late 50s, again, when they're approaching 62 who knew age and they want to, you know, they're starting to think about retirement. That's when, and the kids are out of, you know, out of college and that type of thing. That's when they start to actually uh, buy the policies. And I thank you for that shameless plug. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let me ask a question. You talked about the compounding efforts um, or the compounding um, policies. Go into that a little more, that the earlier you do it, the inflation protection. Go into that a little more for the layman. Sure. So uh, let's say you're 45 years old and you're planning for long-term care. Most people actually use long-term care starting in their 80s. So what that means is you have 40 years uh, where your benefits can continue to increase. And you can buy a small amount today, but by the time you might need those benefits, it will have grown a large amount. 
I'll give you kind of a numerical example. Yeah, please do. If you were to buy 5% compound inflation, which is the benefit that's offered on policies today, over 40 years, you would end up with seven times as much benefits than you bought today. If you bought $100 a day today, you would have $700 a day when you're 85. And so you got to use that power of compound interest to your advantage with long-term care insurance, because frankly, most people aren't going to need it, you know, when they buy it and they're healthy in their you know, 40s for the next even 20 years, right? But going out 40 years, it becomes much more likely. And as you pointed out, people are living longer and longevity is a risk multiplier. They oftentimes use that expression. So when you get into your 80s, there's a high chance that you'll, you'll actually need this policy. And if you ever tap into your policy and activate it, you're almost certainly going to get back what you pay into it at least and probably multiples of that. Oh, yeah. And frankly speaking, if you don't use the policy, you're pretty happy too because you didn't need long-term care, right? So you know, nobody wants to actually be involved and have a long-term care event themselves. So it's kind of a win-win or a hedge against you know that risk that you have. Let's go to that one you know, argument against buying long-term care insurance, mm -hmm. which is if I never use it, I wasted my money. Again, yeah. I kind of find that an absurd argument. Um, we all, well, not we all, but we, we, we strive to have major medical insurance for our families and our children. Um, right. No one goes, well, why would I do it? Why would I pay for it? What happens if the kids don't get sick? To me, it's kind of an idiotic logic, but yet there is a lot of people going, what if I never use it? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There are products yeah, that do 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 do. I, I said do do, John. I said it to myself. Um, <laughs> that have a return, a guaranteed return of premium, don't they? Yeah. So, you know, there are different types of products out there. One of the great things about the marketplace evolving is you actually, as a consumer, have a lot of different alternatives. Today, you have products that where you can get a return of your premiums. So if you pass away and you don't use it, all your premiums actually get paid back to your kids. Uh, there's also products that are life insurance products that have uh, significant long-term care benefits on them. Uh, so what I would do if you're working again with a long-term care specialist agents is ask them, here's how much I want to fund. Here's how much I want to put away in this plan. Show me both alternatives. And you can actually decide the trade-offs of those two alternatives. Mm -hmm. but they're both are very popular today. I would say about half the market chooses what we describe as traditional long-term care, which is just, getting the most value, the most protection for long-term care that's possible without, without a return. And about half the people actually are looking at plans that the worst case scenario is they get their money back, right? So if, if the worst case scenario is you have a plan for long-term care, but the insurance company is going to give you your premium back if you never use it and you pass away, you have two very good options there. And people will actually choose differently depending on what their needs are. Now, I've said this not hundreds of times, but dozens of times knowing that longevity is ahead of us and keeping in mind that you are a client that can afford this, whether it's a small policy, medium or little or, or large. If the down, if on one side of the scenario, you have a long-term care event or two or three, which is very possible in your seventies, eighties and nineties, and you have this insurance to protect us, or you're one of those rare individuals that never has a long-term care event and the insurance company guarantees all the premiums back to your children, your heirs, your estate, however you want to put it. Again, how do we get, to me, that's win-win. There's no risk there. You're paying for the coverage in case you need it, but if you don't need it, we're going to give you our money back. 
or your money back. And I would have to assume, it could be a wrong assumption, so correct me if I'm wrong, um, that when that money comes back to the estate, since it was paid for premiums post-tax, in other words, the parents paid the tax on the money they made to pay those premiums, I would assume that the guaranteed refund of premium when it comes back to the estate is tax-free. That's correct. So the, you know, the government actually put in incentives into the tax code to encourage people to privately fund their long-term care. One is that if you buy a policy, and almost every policy is what's called tax qualified these days, the benefits you receive for long-term care are received tax-free. Uh, life insurance benefits, when you receive them as a death benefit, are also received tax-free. And, and more interesting about that is there's also incentives on the funding side, where I'll give you an example that I think is uh, not well understood out there, but is available and it probably needs to be taken advantage of more today is if you or your spouse own a business, you can actually deduct it like you can for health insurance. And it gets a little bit technical on how much you can deduct, but it's worthwhile if you're a business owner to use the business to pay your premium because you still get the benefits tax-free on the other side as well. So there's a lot of incentives out there to purchase long-term care. The key thing is to figure out how do you want to fund your plan um, and then really working with an expert to, to figure out which plan is right for you. And there's a lot of experts out there that can help you with that. Well, I'm not usually this pushy uh, with our audience, but I will tell you this. Uh, this show is going to be watched by somewhere between 40 and 45,000 people. Uh, we have recently, through our research, found out that the great majority of our audience is actually 52 to 60. They're not 62 and above, um, which I'm very glad of. doesn't help my reverse mortgage world because I hope, you know, by the time they need a reverse mortgage, hopefully I'm retired. Um, but our audience is the exact prime age for long-term care insurance. And I'm going to say to you out there, and I've, I don't think I've ever done this in 49 shows, go to Mark's website or go to the 62 Who Knew website, click on the long-term care insurance button so we can have one of our trusted professionals contact you. This is what this show is here for. We have 45,000-plus people going to be watching this show all at that age and I know most of you are going, I remember what mom went through. Or maybe you're too young. I remember what grandma went through or Aunt Lily went through. There's your source of information for a quality lifetime. That's our 62 Who Knew website. And if you go down just a little further, whoops, maybe not, um, there is a long-term care insurance tab there um, where you can, and there it is. It's the first one, long-term care insurance. Um, please click on that so we can get you in touch with Mark or one of his caregivers across the country. Even if you end up not doing it right now, have that plan. Start to make that plan. All right. So you had also mentioned life insurance programs um, with long-term care riders. So obviously you're talking about the hybrid programs. Um, and again, for our audience, uh, which probably doesn't know what that means, let's talk about those hybrid programs. Sure. So the way it works is you're buying a life insurance policy, but instead of buying it so that you're accumulating value in the policy, you're actually buying it so that when you have a long-term care event, you can get the most protection possible. And what it will do is it will first use the policy's death benefit. And then if you need care for a longer period of time, the best policies that are out there will actually extend out your long-term care benefits for providing protection beyond what was in your death benefit. 
So again, that's how it creates this situation where if you don't use it, you have the death benefit, but if you do use it, you have long-term care um, protection. That's the premise of that. Now, is this always a single premium product where the, where the uh, candidate, the client, has to write a, you know, a big check? Because that's what no, not, first people think. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of uh, single premium products out there, and the way to think of those is, let's say you have an asset that you're using as your rainy day fund or as you know your self-insurance fund for long-term care. What the products can do is they can accept that money, and it could even be an existing life insurance or annuity contract that you already own, and they'll exchange that for one of these hybrid products, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as a kind of a lump sum transaction. But there's also plans out there that you can pay annually over the course of your life, which are more affordable because you're spreading out that cost over time, but they're providing you again with that long-term care benefit. Again, there's a whole variety of different solutions out there uh, to kind of work with you to figure out what your needs are and that can address exactly what you're looking to accomplish. So let's say you are in your mid-40s, and like a lot of people in their mid-40s, I haven't seen that decade in a while, you know, children are, you know, children are a big expense, married is being a big expense, Sometimes the ex-wife is a big expense, um, and you can't quite write that big check, you know, for that single premium product. But you make a good income. Life is okay. You can make a monthly premium on this and build your benefits into your sixties, seventies, and eighties. You can now when you're buying traditional long-term care that doesn't have that return, uh, you can actually get to much lower, much more affordable price points. Because again, you're not buying the additional value of getting your money back if you don't use it. But if you can afford more and you're you're willing to fund it anyway, and maybe you're even self-insuring it, then you can spread out that cost over time, and you can actually pay it and still get significant long-term care uh, protection, even though you're paying a lower premium each year to to get that. Now, are there special policies? Let's talk about a married couple. Uh, are mm-hmm. husband and wife buying two individual long-term care insurance policies? Or like other types of things, are there ones for married couples? Are they buying two individuals based on age, based on health? That's it? Yeah, actually, that's a great opportunity, too, is uh, the carers oftentimes have significant discounts uh, when you are in a situation where you're either living together or it's a married couple. And uh, because of that, it should encourage both people to get a plan. Because, again, the risk is often going to be for the surviving spouse or the other spouse to take care of them. They should right. both get a plan, even if it's just for each other. Um, that being said, there's there's ways that you can do it by buying individual policies, and there's also carriers that have that have what are called joint policies, where they actually buy into the same plan. It's one combined premium that they pay for both people, and there's significant cost savings involved with that as long as both people can qualify for what they're looking to do. That's my gotcha. health perspective. Now, those life insurance, those uh, hybrid programs, besides having long-term care riders. There are other riders, like annuity riders, uh, that can give them a, a certain amount of return. But correct me if I'm wrong, based on your age and your health, if you were to, let's say, buy a single premium product, let's say you were to write a $100,000 check, uh, mm-hmm. there is a multiple there, correct me if I'm wrong, for your life insurance, for your death benefit, and your long-term care insurance benefits, isn't there? Right. So the way it works is uh, most uh, long-term care experts, you know, uh, insurance agents, they will first ask about your health. And the reason they do that is because based on your health, uh, they can determine which type of product is right for you. If you're really healthy, actually, probably the traditional plans will offer you the most protection for your dollar. They'll give you the most insurance leverage. 
And there are certain plans where you can even prepay the premiums. So if you're worried that there might be a rate increase, you can actually guarantee your premiums or almost guarantee your premiums by funding that over a shorter period of time, like a single premium option. Mm -hmm. um, if you're not as healthy, there are products available that can give you an annuity benefit, which I think is the one you're referring to, or maybe you put in $100,000 and it'll give you three times if you need long-term care and you'll get $300,000 up to $300,000 tax-free. But if you don't use it, you still have the annuity value or maybe even the death, death value, the return of premium value on that annuity policy. Those typically attract people, again, that wouldn't qualify for the plans that might have more protection, maybe 10 or 20 times protection. But for people maybe that are in a situation where they're not as healthy and they still want to get a plan that offers value. So that's where you'll see a spectrum of different options. And again, uh, we use you know a lot of different uh, carriers in the marketplace because they all have their own niche in terms of the value, in terms of the underwriting, in terms of tax advantages. Uh, so the experts out there, they actually have to be a lot more savvy than they used to be because they probably have to know a dozen different types of solutions depending on what your situation is, even just from a health perspective today. Right. And is it a generic three times, you know, multiple of three, or at a certain age, that's what it is? You know, it really varies by the, the type of product. Uh, it does vary by your age. Uh, now, again, it might uh, depend because annuity products, of course, they're, a lot of them are, are um, designed to provide a guaranteed income right. for life, right? So the more longevity you have, right, it's actually a risk for the company because they're going to pay a longer income stream. The ones that are designed for long-term care, though, are actually designed a little bit differently, right, because most people are buying those because if they're chronically ill, they need the cash value and provide a long-term care benefit. So it really is a marketplace where different products actually will be designed to do different things and will provide different value proposition as a result. But for the mass, again, this is what is so frustrating, for the masses of people that are sitting there today with their $100,000 CD at 1%, or it's 100000 sitting in the money market at a quarter mm -hmm. of a percent, to not take that and to put that into one of these products that at worst will give you three times the benefit in long-term care insurance and probably a slightly better return than where it's sitting on guaranteed it is just Correct. staggering to me why you you know why people like yourself are not just writing policy after policy after policy right and i would say that there's one other thing too which is you don't have to buy the full amount even of the cost of care into the future let's say you had a hundred thousand you could take half of that and put it into a long-term care policy that's going to edge your risk. You know, it's going to partially insure you, and then you can use your self-insurance plan for the rest. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of different things that you can do to customize it to exactly what you're trying to achieve. Uh, but again, you really have to understand that a long-term care is affordable, and b that it's really important to have this plan, and there's a lot of value built into it, even subsidized effectively by the government because of the tax advantages. So it almost makes always makes sense to try to do something. As long as you have some degree of assets, especially that you need to protect, um, you know, and you're not going to end up on Medicaid in any case. Well, and again, protecting assets, it just, it drives me crazy when somebody, uh, specifically a financial planner, let alone a client, a layman, um, when a financial planner says, no, my clients are self-insuring. Um, I don't even get the term, to be honest with you. Now, if you are in the top quarter percent of the country, and your net worth is well, well into seven figures. I guess there's, I mean, I'm talking 10 million, 20 million, 50 million and above. I guess there's a logic there to not paying those premiums and self-insuring. 
But to that person that has, well, less than a million dollars in net worth, which let's face it is the great, I won't try and create a percentage. People make up statistics all the time. Um, in fact, 93.6% of all statistics are made up. And I just made that up. But people are going to go, well, that makes sense. That sounds good. Um, and I just made that up. Well, but it's it's around that number. It, it's amazing to me when they have 500000 or 800000 or or 32000 in the bank, and they go, yeah, I'm self-insuring. I'm going to take that risk on myself. Are you kidding me? I mean, one event takes you from a middle-class person with X in the bank and the ability to pay your payments, the ability to take a cruise, to see your grandchildren, to have health care, to have your uh, Medicare supplemental policy. One event takes that all away. I, I just don't get the mentality, other than the mega-rich, of I'm self-insuring. You're not self-insuring. You're playing Russian roulette with the money that took you a, a whole lifetime to create. Right. I've never seen someone with so much in assets they shouldn't consider insurance. I'll just put it that way. I don't care how mega rich you are. Yeah. I don't believe in that concept. Um, what it means to me when someone says, you know, I'll self-fund or self-insure is usually I don't think this is going to happen to me. And that's, that's the bottom line. Because if you thought it might happen to you, you would put some type of plan into place. But the, again, the rationale be, between doing this and, you know, um, self-funding the plan is that you know if it happens to you, one of the values is not just financial. That's what people don't really understand. Is it's also that the policies have built in a plan of care. So yes. when this happens, your family is provided with a care coordin a care coordinator. They help you figure out what services are needed. Uh, they're going to create a plan for you. And even the mega rich, they're probably particularly vulnerable, right? Because they have a lot of people around them, a lot of handlers around them mm -hmm. that have their ideas of what, how they want to use that person's money. This means that this money is dedicated for your care. So just thinking about, you know, just the intangible benefits of having this plan, make it worthwhile in itself. One of the experts that we did have on the show several months ago said when he was bringing up to uh, potential clients for long-term care insurance, he would bring it up and they would just go, look, I have, you know, two sons, two daughters, or a son and a daughter, and love them both. But let me tell you something. If mom isn't here to take care of me, my daughter will take care of me. We're like this, blah, blah, blah. And this uh, particular expert that was on our show said, you know what? That's a good reason for not discussing long-term care insurance. You, know, you have your daughter who will always be there for you. What a blessing. And the client goes, yes, it is. And then the, the insurance person would say, and I just got a kick out of this. So I want you to sit for a second and imagine your daughter giving you a bath. And he says when he does that, most people go, Let's bring out that long-term care insurance application. <laughs> Where do I sign? You know, people don't think about that. Um, I know I didn't think about it to a degree. I think it's different with men, quite frankly. Um, but the first time that um, my dad did need some help in the bathroom and, and in his bed, and we did not have the in-home care yet. Um, you know, again, I was in my upper 40s um, doing something like that for my father who who was my hero and my and my best friend, it meant nothing to me. It was fine. Um, he didn't like it. I remember him looking at me and going, this is not the way a man goes out. And I said, come on, what's the difference? How many times you know, did you do it for me uh, when I was little? So I'm, I'm returning the favor. Um, you know, A lot of times it's not so much that your child doesn't want to do it, because um, they do, 
But there is a certain emotional, for lack of better terms, debilitating thought of, of dad having to have a son or a daughter, you know, help wipe their butt or help feed them. Or uh, it, it, I think it could cut back on their ability or their desire to live. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we talk about long-term care insurance a lot about being about dignity, right? You've, you've lived your life and you want your kids to remember you in a certain way. It's not because they were caring for you, right? It's because you want them to remember you as kind of finishing well in your life and having someone else provide that care is a, is a big component of that. Yeah, and I mean, it would be so incredible. Uh, you know, we were very fortunate. Uh, dad, uh, my father, we lost him to congestive heart failure. Uh, I have pictures in my office of my dad in his upper 70s jumping waves on our jet ski. That was my dad. And had his uh, had a heart attack at 80 years old, and then another, then another, then another. And we lost him a little before his 82nd birthday. And when I finally had to admit to myself, because he lived with us, that I needed help, um, he still had a quality of life. He was still coherent, but I needed help. I couldn't run my mortgage company because I was afraid to leave him alone. Um, waking up my son or my daughter in the middle of the night going, Poppy needs help, come help me. Um, once we did admit that, his quality of life got much better. Now I would walk in afterwards and go, everything okay? I wasn't, quite frankly, walking into the shower to help him, which I knew made, it didn't make me uncomfortable because I was glad to help my dad, my hero, uh, but he didn't like it. I think there's so much emotion in this, and I hate to say as a salesman, I think we have to start bringing that emotion up mm -hmm. earlier because I think that's going to help people go, yeah, I don't want my son or my daughter or my grandchildren going through that. Absolutely. So you mentioned one way that if somebody has an annuity and we, I can't believe how quick the hour has gone by. I, I, as you heard me say earlier in the show, we are turning this into a panel show in the next month. Um, we only have about three minutes left. And on that panel is always going to be a long-term care expert, a Medicare expert, um, and then something different, whether it's a Social Security expert, a MedSup expert, health, um, planning your funeral. Uh, we had a fantastic uh, cruise person on a month ago. We're getting their website up uh, because that's the number one um, you know, vacation for a senior. So I, I hope, even though I, I have another question for you, you'll consider coming back and uh, sitting on the panel with uh, with Mark and Peter and, and Bill. Yeah. And uh, I, I think we'll be- I was just gonna ask you if I could be back on your show. Oh, just so, no doubt. I mean, there's no doubt. In fact, if I take a vacation, I'm thinking this guy might be a, a possible uh, guest host. What do you think? I mean, Jay Leno won't return my calls, so it may have to be you, Mark. <laughs> I haven't called him for months. He's just, he's, he's, I don't know. Maybe, he's, maybe he thinks he's too big for me, but I don't know. Quickly, though, you mentioned one way through having an annuity to fund mm -hmm. long-term care insurance. What do you say to the guy that goes, look, I make good money. I'm okay, but I can't put up 100 grand or 50 grand, but I want to buy the policy. Are there ways to fund it? Of course, I'm biased. I would say if you're 62 and above, let's eliminate your mortgage payment with a reverse <laughs> mortgage. Now you got another 1000 a month for long-term care. Are there other ways? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Uh, one is that if you have, uh, let's say, uh, an annuity that's not within a retirement plan, for example, the government actually allows you to take out distributions from the annuity tax-free to pay for annual long-term care premiums, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. uh, if you own an HSA, 
you're actually allowed to use your HSA money to pay for long-term care insurance. And yet the benefits are still tax-free. So it's kind of a win-win on both sides with an HSA. All right, we got one minute um, left. Frankly, Keep going. Speaking, the bottom line is you just need to figure out exactly how much you want to put into your plan, and then you can work with an insurance expert that will find out how can we use the right product to finance this, this uh, plan for you. Uh, there are so many different solutions out there to do it. All right. Uh, less than a minute left. I'm holding you to your word. You're coming back to be on a panel show. Uh, once again, give your website so people can get to you. Yeah, so go to www dot buddyins.com b-u-d-d-y-i-n-s.com all right 30 seconds to go thank you so much mark does your dad live near you uh, he lives uh about four or five hour drive away. all right please when you talk to him next tell him give him my best regards because uh, he's always okay. treated me so well 15 seconds to go we're going to have a great show next week i'm going to do something here i've wanted to do it forever whoever does this first wins some sort of a prize tell me what movie this is from I'm coming after you, Murdoch. Let's see who answers that. 